0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Zach Bartles joining me. Zach, what's going on, man?
1: Oh man, I'm just fighting with the technology. Slowly, day by day, losing more battles than I win.
0: <laughs> Dealing with those interwebs.
1: Oh man. I I don't under I don't pretend to understand it anymore, and yet everybody in my life still comes to me and says, like, hey, you used to be in tech support, right? Uh how do I do this? And I'm like The last time I tried to fix my wife's laptop, I literally accidentally completely wiped the hard drive. (laughs) And I was like, I'm done. No more.
0: That's like when uh, I used to build computers back in the early 90s. And people are like, oh, you know about computers. It's like, no, I literally don't. Like, I was dealing with the old DOS program. Like, no, I know nothing.
1: (laughs) Just how much can my CMOS handle? Hey, um... (laughs) I did though. Over Easter, my grandmother and my parents came. My 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 grandmother can't drive anymore, so my parents brought her over. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelvin, my son's only living great-grandparent, so it was kind of cool. And she happened to have with her her laptop, which wasn't working. Uh huh. And it was running Windows XP. <laughs> and my my father 's like i don 't think this is you know salvageable, but would you look at it and i was like i don 't do computers any oh no that's that 's my that 's my jam so, I know that one, <laughs> and I got it nice and and optimized and and going you know i she wanted to be able to look at her Facebook because no one has Facebook anymore except grandma 's uh, <laughs> and I got it so that it, you know she could she could bring up whatever the last version of Chrome that that uh, supported XP was, and it took like thirteen minutes to load up like the Facebook sign in page, <laughs> and she was like, "That's fine, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all I need." <laughs> that's great. Grandparents are awesome. I think my grandparents are still running Windows XP too.
1: <laughs> but if I had my druthers, man, I don't know where my druthers went, but if I had them, it's, I would still be rocking Windows XP. It was so great.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people say that. Like, why did we ever have to move beyond XP? It was like their perfect operating system.
1: I, I won't go beyond Windows 7. I have that. I, I, my computer died. And uh, by the way, this is tech talk, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> my, my, computer, my computer conked out about six months ago. And I went to some stores, and you couldn't buy anything that didn't have Windows 10, but it's stupid. I wish I was a cell phone interface (laughs) that I hate so much. And so I went on Craigslist, and I'm like, I'm going to find the newest computer that I can that still has Windows 7. And I'm very happy with the one I have, except that I hate it and all computers.
0: Nice. (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Well, you know, speaking of being frustrating and and having to shop frustrated, you never have to shop frustrated with Mission Aware. (laughs) Like what I did there? (laughs) Uh, We we totally didn't set this up. I totally cheesed into that just to let listeners know. Um, (laughs) But In all honesty, Mission Aware has some great products. They just um, finished sponsoring our giveaway. Um, I am getting those emails from people. We have one more week still for you to get your email into me, letting me know that you are the one who signed up and gave the review. Uh, So don't forget to email. These go to 11, all spelled out in the number 15 at gmail.com to get me your uh, name and... Uh, address so that those can be mailed off to you. So as soon as I get all those, I'm just going to do um, one large massive send-off uh, for all of that. So uh, you will be getting your stuff um, within about three weeks uh, just to let everyone know. Also, uh, I got a response over the weekend about uh, people who were interested in like listener mail type stuff. So wanting to give uh, feedback on listener mail or wanting to throw up questions that they could possibly ask and that we could answer. It, it's funny how we fool people thinking, you know, to thinking that we actually have answers to questions they might have on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we do a good job of that. Um, but in all seriousness, if you do want to do that, you can again go to the email address. These go to 11, the number 15 at gmail.com. Or if you go to our website on Podbean, you can actually click. There's a little thing. I think it says um, questions or mail requests, something like that at the top, and you can click on that, and it'll send a direct link um, to me as well, Uh, and I'll get a hold of those, and I will pass them on to Zach and let him answer all of your questions, and I'll just sit (laughs) here and laugh. (laughs) I'm
1: not going to be your monkey boy,
0: Nathan. (laughs) You're going to answer the questions. We're going to answer these together. That's right. This is this is a team effort, man. This is a team effort, um, dude. You know, I, I don't I don't know if there's really an easy way to segue into uh, what we what we're going to be talking about today. We were offline, and I was like, yeah, I think we're just we're just going to annoy people today. Like, it doesn't matter what we say with these topics; it doesn't matter what side we fall. We're just bound to annoy someone. Um, and yeah, great week, by the way, Nathan, to give them the email address.
1: <laughs> Tell us what you think and how much you hate us.
0: Uh, well, they already have our Twitter and Facebook, so, you know, <laughs> why not one more piece of thing? Right. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, like we look forward to talking about any and all subjects. I think these, um, topics, um, I, I I think two of the topics we have are gonna be uh deeply rooted in um in what the Bible has to say. I think one of these topics I- I've gotten into discussions and debates with so many people, and I'm just I'm gonna throw the first one out there um on gun control. And I've really I've come to the conclusion that you know what, there there is no biblical answer. One way or the other, it comes down to what your preferences, what your thoughts are, what you believe the problems are facing, you know, whether it's um, the country or individuals, things like that on whether or not you fall um, in line with uh, either, you know, gun control, let's lock everything up or, you know, all the way to the other end of the spectrum, let's let the floodgates wide open and, you know, let the people fall where they may. Um, and uh, I, I'm just interested, Zach, what are what are your thoughts on this? We actually intentionally put this off because around the time that um, you were coming onto the podcast, or at least around the time we were talking about you coming on the podcast, we had um, the shootings down in Florida that occurred and um, 17 people died. And you and I just kind of decided that we would hold off on that because that was – I threw that out there as, hey, why don't we do that as our first one? And you were like, uh, why don't we kind of break people into uh, me and having me on the podcast before we jump right into that one? And I thought I thought that was fair enough. Um, I felt
1: also it was – I mean I, I think it is a cop-out when everybody wants to say it's, it's not the right time to discuss this. And then they want to just wait until it goes away and then not discuss it anyway, right but i I feel like there are there are moments when the conversation's so saturated, and every possible position has been articulated in like the last thirty seconds, and one more discussion of it is and, and you kind of said this, you said, you know what would be what would be probably more wise would be to wait until it's starting to slide off people's attention span mm-hmm. and, and and then talk about it. And I I thought by now it might be, but I feel like it's here um, with a staying power that Mm. it didn't have with the last, whatever, 32 mass shootings. Um, It's really, and maybe that's just a reflection of the kind of people that are filling up my Facebook feed and Twitter feed, which is the people that I've chosen to click, you know, follow or friend. Um, But I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of it. I'm hearing a lot of it still. Uh, So... I think it is a, a, a worth, worthwhile topic. I like how you two things. One, just just to acknowledge, there was a very easy uh, segue that we missed, which was I could have said that uh, my my I wanted to shoot my computer. I was saying so angry at because that's the last thing I said before you said there was no segue? Right. Um, right. <laughs> shame on us for that. That's drop. There's ball. room to grow. Drop ball. <laughs> As, as radio professionals in, in the world of uh, podcasting, which is not radio. Um, the other is I think it was, it was bold of you to front load the discussion with like, the conclusion of, of uh, what, you, what you believe and where you landed. You were yeah. like, uh, by way of introduction, here is uh, all of my conclusions. And uh, you don't see a lot of that.
0: <laughs> I, just, I wanted I, to throw everything out there.
1: It sounds like you have kind of the militant moderate view um, where you're going to stand firm in saying that uh, there's no right answer. And I know that's not what you're saying. Uh, I think that where you're going to get people disagreeing with you is the large swaths of people who believe that for a Christian to even own a gun or say that they would you know, use a gun to defend their home or their family or their own life or the life of someone weaker than them – is unchristlike and evil, mm. and more and more you have the other side, the other extreme. Uh, you know, there's a right and duty to self-defense, right. and a Christian man who is a total pacifist right. is you know sinning.
0: Right, uh, and so I, I mean, I I Kill know them we all can't might God sort him out that type of mentality. Yeah,
1: and like that was what what Steven Seagal movie was it where he spotted somebody with that that bumper sticker at the beginning, and they dropped a puppy out the window of the car. And then he takes care of the puppy the whole movie, and at the end he like finds the guy by that sticker and beats the tar out of him.
0: Oh, what what was that
1: movie? I don't know, but it was a good one. <laughs> I mean on, on the Seagal scale. <laughs> <laughs> but there, those people are out there. I mean not the puppy people, but the people with that view. Right. Um, and, and I mean like – I feel like everyone is going further and further out to the more extreme positions – and, and vilifying the other side more and more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm a, a weird guy when it comes to this stuff because I I do have a concealed carry license. I do frequently uh, carry a, a handgun concealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been known occasionally to open carry um, in the right setting. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I fully see, um, you know, the, the arguments against i would i think the worst thing that could ever happen to me um one of the worst things mm-hmm. would be to to ever have to kill someone in any context yeah i you know there are people who there are gun people who like kind of romanticize that they kind of they talk about how they wish someone would try to break in, and I've got all this uh no, you don't right, and that's that that's how you like that's how you break your spirit and ruin your life you know right um you know, you talk to people who who went overseas and, and fought as soldiers, uh, doing you know, obeying orders. You know, they they were issued this weapon. There wasn't all this second guessing of, am I you know, should I have this? Am I prepared? You know, they're trained. They and and they have the the PTSD and all that goes along with it. Yeah, you're not you're not tougher and and made out of sterner stuff than those guys. Right, right. I know some of those guys. You know, and and these and these Mal ninja people on the. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm on some reformed gun groups, and it's just crazy to me. Yeah. The whole, like, someone will, will post, like, a, a screenshot of a tweet. You know, it's time to take guns away from people, and everyone piles on with, oh, yeah, you want to come and get it, y'all. Right. Okay. If if we think that's what Jesus would have us, you know, that's the attitude that, that he had, which we're supposed to emulate as well, have you – do you even Jesus a little?
0: right. Right
1: yeah <laughs> what's your position do you, do you I, I mean i i realize it's foolish to even talk about whether or not you own guns you know putting it out there um <laughs> just just as a uh, aside and disclaimer mine are uh incredibly uh not worth a lot and are locked up uh to the point where it wouldn't be worth trying to steal them but um uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, I don't know if you if you're a gun guy or or what's the deal. Uh yes and no. Um I I enjoy guns. I've been out shooting several times. I enjoy I enjoy target shooting. I enjoy, you know, practicing like that. I actually don't own any guns though. Uh usually it's going out with friends, hanging out with friends. I think part of that has to do with um my my martial arts background. Weapons that I own that I train in um are things like knives, swords, um you know so like in in my garage I actually I have a um I have a target area that I do and I I use for throwing knives. Um I have a blowgun so I use and I use and practice my blowgun, you know. And so things like that um are things that I own, but a lot of that has to just do with years upon years upon years of martial arts training. Um, do you ever uh, conceal carry the blowgun? <laughs> I actually, I have one that I can break down really small and I could, um, but no, I, I have never done that. Um, I do, however, <laughs> hold um, on a
1: minute while I put together my blowgun, Mister yeah. Mucker.
0: <laughs> just wait right there. Um, I do, however, typically at any given time, I'll have, uh, two or three knives on me, uh, because that was one of the styles that I've trained in is knife fighting. Don't um, go to London. What's that? So don't go to London. Yeah, well, even in, Mar- uh, even in Maryland, it's you know it's kind of odd because you can only basically you can only carry around a concealed knife under a certain length, and so you know mm-hmm. even if I have it slipped in my pocket or I have it kind of slipped in my belt like most people would, you know, carry their gun something like that. Um, it's it has to be a certain length. It can't be anything. I mean, I've trained with butterfly knives before. And, you know, I can't carry those around. Those are illegal to have in Maryland. I grew up in New Hampshire. For those of you who are wondering, I just don't go around carrying illegal weapons. Um, but you know, it's, I, I feel like I'm, I'm prepared. I've trained in this. I'm someone who is qualified to do that. And so I do that. Um, that's not something that I typically recommend to people, particularly students that I work with and train. And so I think I think there's a level where part of me is like, you know what? I don't want every you know Tom Dick and Harry carrying a gun on the street, but I do want to see people who are properly and thoroughly trained carrying guns on the street. That is something that I am in favor of is people who have had the proper training, the proper practice, understand the responsibility and the amount of discipline it takes to carry something like that. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good
1: pragmatic answer, and I agree with it entirely. And I, I would – I mean I think that uh, – I'd like to see every uh, woman especially – uh, and this is going to make both men and women angry for different reasons, I guess <laughs> uh, get the proper training to be able to carry uh, whether it 's a, a you know stun gun taser, preferably a, a compact pistol of some kind, yeah um, so that the, so many women have them that the kind of scumballs who would think about trying to attack a woman, rape a woman would w- the odds just would be too stacked to get you know odds are one out of three women or something has a gun and I'm going to get killed. Right. Um, but what about the, you know, how do you answer the, the common objection of, you know, when Jesus said, love your enemies, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean shoot them or I'm pretty sure he didn't mean pull out your butterfly knife uh, and stab them.
0: Yeah. I, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to, who are going to disagree with me on this and I'm fine with that. Um, I've read that passage and I've studied that passage. I, I struggled with that passage a lot growing up, especially as I was, some of the disciplines that I was learning in martial arts, they were very combative. Uh, is, is that it? Combative? combative? combative. Yeah, combative. combative. Um, you know, very aggressive. I mean, literally when I was like 15 years old, um, I learned a series of techniques that taught me how how to break someone's neck. Um, and, and I don't say that like, you know, in in a way I, I say that looking back on it, understanding that as a 15 year old, like the, the gravity of what that would have done to me, because when you're a teenager, there's a lot of stuff in you that's really unbridled. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that the, the knowledge that I had in the martial arts, was dangerous it wasn 't tempered with age and wisdom, where now I have all that knowledge but it 's been tempered by age and wisdom it 's like you said i i don 't want to ever put myself i don 't want to ever be in a situation where I have to take someone 's life however, I also want to be put in a, I, I also i want to be in the place where if that 's what it came down to i am fully Ready to do what is necessary to protect my family. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of the arguments. I've heard the arguments, you know, from like Nate Saint and Jim Elliott, you know, about when they went down to be missionaries to the Wadani tribe and, you know, they don't know Jesus. And so we're not going to take our guns and we're not going to shoot them. And I agree. I, I think that's 100% true that if God called me overseas, um, that wouldn't be on the forefront of my mind, and I. They did take their guns, though, Nathan. They did. Ta- they, you're right. They did take they their guns. They fired in the right.
1: air while they were speared to death. Right. How insane! That, that's 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 yes. something that doesn't happen unless there's some Jesus action going on there. Wow.
0: Well, and I think I think that's the case where I'm not I'm not viewing people that I am intentionally going and ministering to. Um. In, in the light of like, oh, these are my enemies. And, I, and again, I know people are going to disagree with me, but when I read that scripture and I look at that scripture and I've talked with people about that, I've talked with um, different pastors about that, and, there, and there's disagreement on it. But I believe firmly that that is a reference to intentionally bringing the gospel to people and if some muggers just on the street trying to get a hold you know and and I think here's here's the thing too that I put into perspective if it's just me that is that is in a situation there's a lot of latitude I believe than my family because God has given me a responsibility to take care of my family as well and I don't believe that I would be doing that. I don't believe I would be actively taking care of my family if I just sat there and let a rapist, you know, go after my wife or let a mugger, you know, um, sit there and, you know, hold my wife at gunpoint. Um, that protecting my family means I'm going to do any and all means to ensure their well-being. Um, and so I believe that is my call as a as a Christian as a Christian husband, to do that. I have a 17-year-old who is not a believer. Um, we talked about that, I think, last week, that he is hes my son. He's from China. He's, he's not a believer. Um, I think I have a responsibility to him. So if somebody tries to injure him in some way, I'm going to do everything within my power to stop the situation as peacefully as possible. But we also know that not every situation can be stopped peacefully.
1: Um, well, I tell you what, when you say I'm not going to sit idly by while my, my wife is attacked, um, I, the first thing I thought of was uh, – I, I, I just get it out there. I didn't do great in like Christian ethics class in, Mm -hmm. in Bible college or seminary, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you, you come up with these, uh, I'm sure I got a a good grade, but, but I I didn't make any friends. Um, (laughs) you get these scenarios thrown out, you know, like the, the old case of, uh, you have Jews in the basement, you you know, in, in Nazi Germany and the SS comes to your door and asks, are you harboring Jews? Is it a sin to lie? Mm -hmm. Uh, or is it you know, okay, or is it a sin, but it's uh, less of a sin than telling them that the, and and I remember all these people trying to come up with the most pious answer. And I just said, well, you know what I would do? I would say, uh, you know, someone said, uh, I would say, come in and see for yourself. That's not a lie. And mm-hmm. hopefully they wouldn't find them. I hid them well enough. And I said, I would say, come on in. Would you like some coffee? And then, uh, while they were sitting waiting for the coffee, I'd shoot them in the head. And, uh, <laughs> And I think I said it probably that kind of stuff just for the shock factor. Right. But I remember a guy saying like it is never okay – and he probably had an Anabaptist background of some kind. He said it is never okay uh, even in self-defense or defense of others to hurt someone or kill someone. And, and somebody said, what if, what if it was your wife? What if someone came in and was raping your wife? And he said, I would get on my knees and pray. And I remember thinking, what a useless man – you would be in that situation. I believe in prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yet to say, I'm going to pray instead of act. Right. Is a cop out. Yeah. And you know, there, there is a passage. Whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword. Mm -hmm. Uh, we want to be careful. What did Jesus mean by live by the sword? Right. Um, does that mean you're willing to take up arms to defend people? Or does that mean you are the kind of person who settles things by violence? You live by the sword. That's your life. Right. Um, and just, you know, the chapter before, and it's it's a difficult text, and there are great disagreements about what it means, but I think it's interesting timing when Jesus is about to leave his disciples. And, you know, this falls into the Holy Week stuff we were talking about last time. Everything happened on Thursday, by the way. I think we should have like three Maundy Thursdays to handle, you know. <laughs> All the those texts. <laughs> yes, yeah, so many things going on. Um, But but Jesus had sent out his disciples Two by two and said, you know, don't bring an extra staff. Don't bring an extra cloak. Don't bring an extra purse. Don't bring extra food. Don't bring a sword. Don't bring anything. And now I say I'm leaving. And, and it's, you know, you can sense, you know, worries a sin, but you can, can sense this concern, right. this, this human, fully human, fully divine, the human, uh, Jesus, you about to leave these guys knowing it's going to be harder than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, in these next few days, and, and he says, I'm going to go, and and I say to you, if you got an extra cloak, bring it along, you know, extra bag, bring it, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy a sword. Yeah. Uh, and, the, the, again, there are different ways people have interpreted that. I'm not saying it's cut and dried, but it sounds to me like uh, Jesus, at least, at least in terms of positive metaphorical language and possibly just in a straightforward way, Expected that uh, there's a difference between when you are stoned to death and you and you just say, "Father, forgive them." Right. Uh, don't charge them with this sin, like Stephen did. Right. And when perhaps you and your children are attacked along the way, and and you and you act. I mean, yeah. It's it's the kind of thing that I I think a part of I have a high view of natural revelation of general revelation, mm-hmm. and. I don't believe that it's rooted in the fall, that if someone were to try and grab my kid, I don't think I would think, right. I, think I I think I would just act. and I, I believe just like a, you know a mother has a protective instinct, hardwired into her rom, you know, to go back to the computer language. Um, and, and we have that, that certain protective thing about our wives, our children, if you're a, a pastor, about your flock. Yeah. I love that scene in The Patriot. Oh, yeah. uh, when the the preacher comes down with the musket, and he 's like you know there 's a time the the shepherd has to go and and fight for his sheep right uh, there has been a great tradition of recognizing um that there 's a very limited and and not something to be chased after, something to be avoided, but sometimes it can 't be avoided a very limited stripe where um where violence is justified you were know, yeah. a just war a an attacker if somebody is attacking uh the children in my church <laughs> right here's the thing you better shoot me first because right. you, you're going down you're I, I i will crawl i will crawl up the aisle with bullets in my legs and i will gnaw your legs off i mean i'm not i'm not going to just stand by and pray right uh and, I, I don't. I don't get that. At the same time, I sure hope nothing like that ever happens. Right. Uh, we want peace, right? That's that's the whole goal.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think I, I appreciate you you speaking after I did because I think I was muddling through trying to get to what you what you said actually very well. That I'm, you know, I, I'm a pacifist in terms of I want to see peace. But I'm a realist in terms of understanding and knowing that it's not going to happen in this lifetime. And so, you know, whatever the government allows in terms of, you know, putting out the effort to, you know, again, like looking at it, you know, we talk about looking at things from a biblical perspective. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever once command us to roll over and play dead. You know, unless the gospel's on the line, you know, we see, we see that example from the disciples, but we see a very specific purpose in mind. And so that's why, like, when I look at the story of Jim Elliott and Nate Saint and all of those who went down there, I can appreciate that because their sole focus was bringing the gospel to these people. And they were smart because as men, they didn't bring their wives with them into the dangerous tribe at that point. (laughs)
1: Their wives came after they died. Right. And that's, Um,
0: and that was a decision that they had made later on, you know, that the wives made later on for themselves and their children. But their husbands were like, nope, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not putting them in that kind of danger. We are willing to sacrifice. And I can, I can understand that. I can look at my wife and be like, I'm going to put myself in this dangerous situation. Like, if there's a hitchhiker on the road, I will pick up that hitchhiker and I will take that person wherever they want to go. And I've told my wife, I don't want you doing that. Like, I'm sorry, you know, people can control, can call me a controlling husband, whatever. I don't care. But I do not want her doing that. My training in, in martial arts, understanding statistics and who is out there and who is willing to do bad things. I don't want her doing that. And so I have no problem. If I see a guy on the side of the road and he's hitchhiking and I'm heading in that direction, I'll pull over, I'll let him hop in the car, and I'll take him as far as I can take him. But I do not want my wife in that position. I do not want her putting herself in a position where she could be in trouble and And we've come to that agreement and understanding with one another that there is a difference between you know a two hundred and fifty pound dude who's, you know, trained in you know combat. And my wife, who is an avid reader, that's her sport, reading, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's what we've come to uh, understand and appreciate about one another is like, I, I, I understand issues with safety, you know, every time I go into a restaurant, my back is always against the wall, I'm always watching the front door, and I'm always looking at where are the escape routes because that's been ingrained in me if something goes down, I want to know what is the safest way to get people out of here and and that's just the way I think that 's the way I process things
1: back up a minute though I want to like make a clarification of what you're saying were, uh, were you actually did you say that you you believe like the texts like "Love your enemies and turn the other cheek are are only only apply to missionaries or ministers in the process of proclaiming the gospel and not to all Christians everywhere?
0: No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's necessarily specifically in, in a context specific to that. Um, I think I'm going to give a political answer here. I think the texts are, are difficult. I think the context in which Christ is speaking to, um, to the people about, you know, um, turning the other cheek the context about you know um if somebody asks you to you know carry their tunic carry it even further he's talking about a he's talking in the context of a society and a government that is oppressive and overbearing a society where you know it is you know the the soldiers um could intention could for all intents and purposes be judge, jury, and executioner? Even though in that time there was a kind of due process that happened, um, you know, within the context and society, he's talking about these people being able to proc- not losing their street cred and pro- proclaiming the gospel. I think it's to an extent it's what we've been talking about all along. Where am I willing to burn my credit? in proclaiming the gospel, you know, are there times where, you know, getting into an argument with someone is worth it for the sake of the gospel. Are there times where I need to not get into an argument because it's not going to go anywhere for the sake of the gospel? Um, Are there times where, you know, if there is someone who is, uh, my enemy is coming after me. I need to, for the sake of the gospel, do this or do that. I think, I think there is no one specific answer. I think that there that it is situational. Not not based on feelings like I hate that, you know, I hate that terminology based on feelings, but I think it is situational and I think you have to be aware and sensitive to the situation that you're in. Um and so like I couldn't sit here and pinpoint every situation where, you know, I would be willing to give up my life because there's the possibility that this person is going to come to know Christ just like I couldn't sit there and pinpoint like man I'm 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 going to take this person's life because the threat that they're posing to other people is much greater than you know and and they're willing to take these lives like I I couldn't sit there and do that I think I think it is complicated and no, I I don't think it's like, Oh, it never applies to these situations, but I do think that it's not cut and dry. Like either side tries to make it. I think in one hand, you know, it's like you talk about, there are people who are like, well, we never, you know, we never do anything to anyone. And, you know, we, we kind of push it off to the side. And then there are those who are like, again, that quote, you know, kill them all and let God sort them out. And I don't, I don't think either position is cut and dry you know i had a discussion with my grandfather um over the weekend about gun control and he and i differ in our views of you know what we think and you know i could see that he was getting kind of worked up and i said you know i mean ultimately at the end of the day we're not the ones making this decision you know we c- the best we can do is put our voices out there and hopefully the politicians will honor the will of the people um <laughs> Hey, it was the best I could do to you know, settle a tense situation. Um. <laughs> uh, hopefully they will. Yeah, they always seem to. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, at the same time, it's like, no, I have, I have very strong views on what I think, you know, I mean, I'm a teacher. You and I, I think you and I have talked about this online. I'm a teacher. I teach in a school and I've, you know, I've had discussions with people about putting biometric scanners, uh, biometric gun safes into into classrooms with guns in them you know um because i think i think that's a sound solid idea teaching and certifying teachers to be able to handle a gun responsibly and then putting those biometric safes i mean if you're going into a school that has 14 or more armed classrooms you're going to think twice before going in and shooting it up it's the same example that you gave of you know arming women. You know, if you have enough armed women out there who are responsible and know how to use a gun, then I think you're going to see a lot of that crime go down. Um, And I think I just talked my way out of the question that you initially asked me. Um, But all that to say is I don't, I don't think there is a simple answer. I think that there are a lot of components. I have a lot of friends on both sides of the issue who are willing to argue very fervently both sides of the issue.
1: You know, I think I think it is a fairly fairly straightforward, um, and it, 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 as with any time you start just laying out, here are the scenarios in which X is acceptable, and here are the scenarios in which it is. I mean, with with, with uh, sex, it's easy inside of marriage; right. it's it's right and good and God honoring. Outside, it is not. Um, when it comes to some of these things, it, you you have to leave some wiggle room. But right. on the whole, I think. Uh, it, it's pretty clear that uh if someone you know the the whack you on the the one cheek turn the other cheek um it's it's been argued again and again that uh to be struck on the one the 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 right cheek is a, it's a backhanded uh slap it's an insult not a a attack on your person mm-hmm. um if, if it's your dignity that's being mocked, if someone's going to throw mud pies at you while you're preaching, if someone's going to throw rocks at you while you're walking down the the streets uh, without the intent to kill you but just to annoy you and, and try and get a rise out of you, um, my dignity, my any any kind of sense of, of lifting myself up is not valuable enough for me to to you know seek retribution in any way or even to defend myself. Um, i I say that knowing that all you have to do is tweet sideways at me and I go, you know, <laughs> and I, it, it's a problem I have. Sure. But, but at the same time, uh, you know, you can find such well-reasoned and, and ancient uh, criteria for when I mean, and, and I'm hey here. Let's 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 fuel the fire of the Zach is actually a, a Jesuit operative because uh, <laughs> those things are out there um, based on the kinds of books I've written. I've, <laughs> don't <laughs> don't Google my name, um, but uh, I, I think the the Catechism of the C- Catholic Church, uh, um, not not because it's you know my preferred confession or catechism, but because it just. Draws on some of the earliest stuff, lays out pretty concisely. You know, if someone weaker than you is about is in mortal danger, is being attacked, you have a really a right if you're able to defend them, mm-hmm. and you're you're not going to have to sit there and worry am I sinning by, you know, using force in defending them. Um, I, f- I feel like that is a pretty cut and dried position. It's a pretty you know, and I think you have to decide this stuff before. Before it's staring you in the face, right. um, when, am I, when am I willing – You know, if someone's breaking into my house and I'm you know, able to grab my kid and my wife and usher them out the back door and call the police, or I'm able to push them out the back and get my gun out and kill them because, gosh darn it, that's my right, mm-hmm. I'd better as a Christian be doing the first thing. Right. Um, stuff in my house is less valuable than the life of the person breaking in.
0: Right. Right.
1: The contents of my wallet is nowhere near as valuable. The life of the person, the desperate person who might try to rob me. Right. Um, my car, (laughs) heaven knows is not worth (laughs) anyone's life, you know? And, and so I I think, I, I feel like it's, it's not as murky an issue as people want to make it. Um, and it's also at the same time, not as simple as the one-sided approach often wants to make it. Right. It's, it's a tension like anything you got to live in that tension of we serve the Prince of peace and and we look forward to the day when there is no more death. There's no more suffering. There's no more, there's no more fighting of any kind. Right. And, and, uh, all the time you've put into your martial arts will have been wasted at that point. <laughs> um, except that it looks cool and it's good for focus and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, which is by the way, my son, who's who's been doing this stuff for years as well, is the the, the first degree black belt. Uh, they're always like, and this is great for focus, and it's great for uh, goal setting. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just want to spin kick stuff and break boards and learn how to like disarm people holding a sword or a knife or something. <laughs> um, but but uh, I've, I got off on a huge rabbit trail. But but in the meantime, we live in this tension of we're in a world where. Uh, we, we have to be as, as crafty as serpents as an, as, and as innocent as doves. And that's so hard to do. Um, we got to maintain it. If it's, if it's someone trying to lie about me, uh, I can't be vindictive. I've got to rejoice. That's, that's the last beatitude. Mm -hmm. If there's someone who wants to, you know, trip me and make me fall in the mud so they can laugh at me. I 'd better not be jumping up and swinging my fist at them mm-hmm. um, and what's interesting is uh, and in the times that I have uh, I don't do it as much I feel like concealed carrying is something that's like kind of a phase for a lot of people. Uh-huh. You get the permit you get you get all the, the toys you know the in the waistband uh, uh, different holsters and all the different crap that goes with it and then you kind of get bored with it but but when I have been carrying it, you realize i can 't get in any kind of altercation of any kind that's not life and death right. because this thing is in my in my uh waist it's it's it 's within arm's reach it's with it's at my fingertips right and so i mean i was at one time I was at the library with my son who was about three at the time, and there was a guy with his son who was probably six or so. And this guy was just swearing at him and belittling him and yelling at him. And I opened my mouth to say, buddy, you need to shut up. You're in the kid's section of the library. You're in a library. You're in the kid's section. You're talking to your kid. You're swearing. Why don't you, you know, man up and and talk to someone? And I had to stop myself and go, oh, crud. Right. If, if he wants to, you know, take a poke at me now, this whole thing just got a lot more complicated because I'm sitting here with this. So right. um, it, it, I think that, if anything, introducing the firearm doesn't make a Christian more disposed to think in terms of violence, but, but reminds them this is the last of the last resorts. Yeah. This is – and as a Christian, the only time I should ever defend myself with force is when – it's the last of the last of the last resorts. And even then I need to stop and think what what would Christ have me do? You know, is this a situation in which I could, um, it'd be better for me to, to risk dying for the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, than to, than to risk take some, taking someone else's life.
0: Right. Yeah. And again, like I think, I think you've put into words what I've just been fumbling through, um, Because, you know, I, I haven't been placed in those situations. I mean, for all my, for all my years of training and things like, I, I mean, it's funny because I'll talk to my students at times about some of the things and they're like, have you ever been in, you know, a serious altercation? And my answer is always no. But when I talk to them, they're like, Mr. Bell, those sound pretty serious. Like, I mean, I had a kid in high school pull a knife on me once, but I think I, I don't think his intent was to hurt me. I think he was just trying to be a punk, and so I don't consider that a serious altercation. Like um, you know, and so I've been in situations like that where people have have tried to be punks and like you know really try to do something, but because of my size, all I got to do is kind of just stand up and look at them, and, and it just tends to go away. It te- you know, it tends to deescalate the situation. Um, and so I think, you know, I think that has more to do with it, not necessarily martial arts training and background, but I mean, I've just, I've got a weight and a heft to me that just kind of, it, it intimidates people, um, you know, who barely know me. And then someone who doesn't know me at all, you know, is, is bound to just kind of stay away, walk on the other side of the road. And I'm okay with that, you know, um, but, Dude, have you ever seen? I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. I was just going to say, but like, you know, for me, I think it's it's very different for me in those situations than, you know, advice that I would give to some of my students and things like that who are, who are half my size, you know, bring in the whole bullying situation and things like that, you know, where I mean, I'm the type of person that's like, I, I can deal with people who try to bully me and never throw a punch, but. There, you know, there are kids that are small out there. Where I'm like, you know what? If you've got to throw a punch, then you've got to throw a punch, and you know, you deal with you, you've got to deal with the consequences of that. But you know, I, I, you know, I mean, it's funny because my wife and I talk about some of the laws and things like that, and it's kind of a good thing we don't have any natural born children because, I mean, I would be, I would be teaching them all the wrong things you know that schools are you know trying to wean out of kids and and all that stuff what were you going to say
1: um i something you were talking about with the 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 ninth thing i mean it reminded me of this video i saw a while ago um where this guy i think it was in thailand mm-hmm. he it was video of him walking into a police station with like a butcher knife mm-hmm. and it seemed that he was in 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 indicating to them that he was intent on stabbing one of them and probably he wanted them to shoot him, um, like he had just like hit bottom. Mm. Uh, and the cop came out, took his gun out, and looked like it for a minute he was going to point it at him. And then he put it down, and he just talked to the guy and talked. To the guy. I couldn't understand what he was saying because it was in you know some other language. Right. But it was clear that he was kind of. And all of a sudden, he just slapped the knife out of the guy's hand and just hugged him. Uh-huh. And then it said that like like so. Then the, another cop came over and grabbed the knife and they sat the guy down. And he like told him that uh, his wife had left him and, and he had had to just like pawn his guitar. And that was the thing in his life he loved the most was having his guitar. And, and the cop had a guitar at home. And it was just this really clergy, heartwarmy thing, which I love on the internet, these sure. things that make you feel good. <laughs> and, and it's like if only we all had – I mean th- this is the situation where if somebody had the right to pull a gun and kill somebody. It's the policeman in the police station when someone comes running in with a knife. Right. Yeah. And yet, he so didn't want to do it. He he so wanted instead to hug that guy and listen to him and and tell him everything's going to be okay and you don't have to be hopeless. Right. Uh, that's that's got to be where we it's got to be where we stand. At yeah. the same time, the thing you're talking about with you know with our kids, I do believe. I mean, God God wants us to raise up our our boys, especially to in, in a sense be warriors. I mean, I'm a you know I've, i I'm down with Cliff Graham and all the. Uh, uh, kind of reclaim masculinity without the over the top right, right. Uh, you know stuff but but I, I i did it was my idea to get to get the boy in uh martial arts and 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 you know get some toughness to him so he's he 's okay with taking a punch yep. so that later on you know maybe he 'll be okay with getting checked into the boards on the ice or something or or getting knocked down in football uh that 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 he he doesn 't feel like uh, the idea of a fight is so scary. He has to do what anyone says. You know that men should be men, right. and uh, we, I don't think. And as Christians, I, I really don't think there's any reason for us to uh, want to, like you say, breed that out or, or wean that out of us, get that out of us, uh, neutralize that in our children.
0: Yeah, uh, that's bad.
1: Things happen when when men are afraid to be men.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think I mean I, I swear I'm going to get fired from school one day for all the stuff that I say, but like. To me, one of the biggest shames is that we don't have like the backyard school fights anymore because I, you know, people talk about, you know, bullying being such a huge deal. And I mean, even, even me growing up, like I can remember, you know, issues with, you know, this bully and, you know, this was when I was smaller. This was, you know, back when I was younger, but like, you know, this kid would, consistently pick on people and he came to me and you know I wasn't backing down and it came to blows and I knocked him on his butt and no one ever had a problem with that kid again you know and it was one of those things where it was like it stopped the situation because finally he came up against someone who wasn't going to back down from him and was going to stop it, you know, but we don't see that with this whole bullying thing in school. We just see, well, yeah, you're being bullied and that's a shame, but we really can't prove it. So we really can't do anything about it. But if you react to this person when they attack you, you know, just, I mean, I've heard the dumbest stuff, since I've been a teacher with how to react to somebody who is physically attacking you. And it's made me so sick. Just, just cover your face and protect your face while they beat the crap out of you. Are you kidding me? Like if you want to put an end to the bullying problem, you know, particularly with guys, let them take a couple punches after, you know, at one another. I mean, you know that happens with guys who are friends. You know you're roughhousing around a little bit, and it gets a little too out of control, and you're kind of ticked at each other for a while. But then you come back, and it's like, hey, we're all good. You know?
1: Yeah. I read about an inner city school not that long ago where they they started. They had a lot of fights going on, obviously, mm-hmm. and they started uh, bringing guys in. They, they put up a you know one of these kind of thrown together. Uh, boxing rings, like like what Ted Cluck had in his basement, where you know <laughs> under the under the boards, it's all t- old tires. Yeah. You know the ropes are kind of janky, and they they'd, they'd ha- lace up some threadbare boxing gloves that they had in the utility closet. Yep, and they would have them. In, and Once they'd they'd gotten it out of their system, then they didn't want to you know drive by shoot and uh, you right. know it, 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 it didn't build up and grow. Um, yeah, and and it's it's okay that guys have these these things built into us. Uh, we just have to learn how to handle them uh, in, a, in a Christ-like way. It's it's almost like training, though. You know, right. th- that in your in your mind, as you're going from being a, a boy to a man, you start dealing with um, these these compulsions to protect yourself and protect others, and you have anger you have to overcome, mm-hmm. and you have you know, and to just say, ignore all that, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. Right. Well, of course we've got guys coming in and, and uh, you know going nuts and and shooting at people and stuff. It, we we've told everyone to bottle everything up and pretend it's not there, rather than giving them healthy outlets for
0: it. Right, right. Well, we've switched from the the paradigm of the Bible, which you know says sin not in your anger, to you know don't be angry, and that's the problem is that we haven't taught people. The difference between righteous and unrighteous anger, and we haven't taught them how to deal with both of those. I mean, you know, lest we forget that the anger that led David to kill Goliath was a righteous anger, you know?
1: Dude, if, if little Joey is angry, we just give him like three more pills to take every
0: day. Right, right. This will calm him down. Um and yeah, I mean, and to a certain extent, you know, I've got, I've got friends who are on medication. I don't want people thinking, oh, well, they're against medication. No, I mean, I've got, I've got friends and students who I think, you know what, this is to an extent, this is good for them, but I've got a lot of kids that are on it that, you know what, this isn't good for them. That, you know, there, there are a few other steps that could have been gone through before medication was the answer, but you're right today. That is, that's the answer. Oh, they're like this or they're like that. Oh. Throw the medication at them and, you know, let's, let's make them good little, you know, school drones. Um, <laughs> can you tell I'm not bitter at all? <laughs> Dude, it sounds like you're like so angry. You're like angry at
1: rearranging <laughs> your furniture of your office or something.
0: <laughs> I, have, I have all these built up frustrations being in the school system with things that are just annoyingly wrong with, with the system. Um, and, and it is, it's frustrating. So anytime I get close to like dealing with adolescents and like problems that they have, it just, it frustrates me to no end because to me, I feel it's, it's a lot like, uh, it's a lot like the gun control issue. It's like, no, the solution actually is pretty clear. This is what it is, but you're not focusing on the solution. You know, I, I've talked to several friends. It's like, oh, we need stricter gun laws. I live in Maryland. It has one of the strictest gun laws in the United States. Guess what? Baltimore has the third highest gun death rate in the United States. Something's Dude, not I'll never, working.
1: I'll never go back to Baltimore. <laughs> the scariest 45 minutes of my life were there. When was this? Nineteen ninety-seven. Oh wow! Whenever, uh, whenever, stand in the gap was at Washington D.C., which is a big promise keepers like okay, yeah, uh, million man thing. And uh, we we drove. We were like, hey, let's check out Baltimore because it was you know middle of the night and we had we had made good time coming down from Grand Rapids. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think three or four people intimated uh, via uh, you know either kind of charades or just you know verbal threats that they were going to kill us. And uh, we were like, ah, let's go on. Let's go on to uh, downtown DC and find a place to park. So, right. anyway, and then, I remember thinking, yeah, no. There's a lot of cities in this great nation. I, I think I think I'm I'm not going to come back to this one. <laughs> um, and, and granted, coming somewhere in the uh, 20 years ago in the in the middle of the dead of the night on a. Saturday night is probably not the best way to to and not knowing where you're going or what part of town you're in not the best way to judge it. But
0: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I I I can tell you, living 20 minutes north of there, your judgment's not that far off.
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, granted, I live by Detroit, and I get annoyed when people you know make sweeping generalizations about it. So,
0: (laughs) well, I'll tell you again, you know, 20 minutes from Baltimore, I pretty much know the places to go and not to go, you know, whether it's uh day or night, um, down there. And I've been, I've been to New York over a half dozen times, New York city, Manhattan, and I never, ever feel like I'm in danger, but Baltimore, oh man, there, there are times where I'll be driving through and you've got the one way streets and you take, you know, the wrong turn down the wrong one way. And you're just like, roll up the windows, lock the doors. Did we put the bulletproof glass on yet? <laughs> Um, dude yeah that's that's where uh
1: i assume that you listen to serial right oh yeah yep that that was in baltimore wasn't it uh
0: the saeed case right that was yeah that was close it was it was around the other side, so you're probably talking another 20 minutes outside of Baltimore, but it's – Okay, uh, I remember
1: yeah. them saying that this park where she was found, like they find a body there like every two weeks or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so probably what's going on is the, murderers are happening, the murders are happening in Baltimore, and then they're <laughs> driving them out. To that parkway. But yeah, oh. actually, Greg remembers that whole thing exactly because during the whole time it was going on, like he was down living around that area uh, where it happened. So, you know, he, he could have some explaining to do. Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> I mean, it's a little
1: it's, right. <laughs> you're laughing on the record. I, I didn't find that funny. Sorry, <laughs> hey man, I, We're we're not going to, and I'm thankful, honestly, that we're not going to get to Thubiti because of the time. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if maybe instead, to try to calm you down and and leave the podcast with a a good kind of positive feeling, we should talk a little bit about. Did you watch the new clip that they released today for the uh, Cobra Kai show?
0: No, I didn't. I haven't seen that yet. Is it, it on is um, IMDb? I don't know. I saw
1: it on YouTube. Like it had the big recommended for you at the top. I think their their uh, algorithm realized that since I watched the original trailer for Cobra Kai roughly 72 times, that I probably <laughs> wanted to see this uh, exclusive clip. <laughs> nice. Dang, it's looking good, nice. it, it, dude. Johnny Lawrence is the is the sensei training the the bullied kids about uh, you know how to defend themselves and and, uh, and kind of stand up and and be <laughs> but with the cobra kai system that crease that used with him it looks so funny and so fun.
0: I cannot wait for it. Oh that's great. I will I will definitely have to check that out when we get off. I will definitely have to check that out. That is so cool. I um I was actually I was thinking because I saw on your I saw on your, uh, I think it was like Twitter or Facebook or something that you had been watching into the Badlands.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we, we talked about that on the Gut Check podcast today. Oh, did you? Um, how that one's a compelling third. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. How, how Very far have you got, cool fight. How far have you got into it?
1: I think I have two left and I'm, and I'm done with it. Okay. Uh, up, up to speed anyway. It, it's like some of the best fight choreography though I've ever seen. they yeah. just it, spectacular. The wire work, the, the, like the CGI, the, just little touches that doesn't make it feel fake. Ah, very cool stuff.
0: Yeah. I've been, um, so I've got, uh, I'm on the last one right now from season two. Uh, it's, did season three come out yet? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't think so. If, if
1: season three is out, then I'm not getting close to the end. I'm okay. just nearing the end of season two.
0: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just finishing up. But this, to me, this is kind of what we were talking about um, several weeks ago when we brought up like 80s and, you know, the movies and like how you have, you know, these kind of like trained martial artists and, you know, actors and things like that versus today. This show kind of reminds me of that. Style, you know, where you had like, all right, so we're gonna, you know, throw some people in there. Although, I think the people in there can act slightly better than some of the '80s actors that they. I don't
1: know, man. I said slightly. (laughs) (laughs) That main guy, he's he like, I, I what I said to Ted on the on the gut check was he's supposed to be this like like grim like killer guy, but he sounds like he would be in the cubicle next to you, like at the insurance company i mean he's just got this he's like yeah i'm a clipper and i kill people and then the kid's like oh man I, my eyes turn black and i kill people and 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 i'm like why am i watching this and then all of a sudden somebody does like four backflips and and you know i'm like, oh yeah that's why i'm watching because it's awesome right
0: <laughs> you you realize once you've come to the end of the series like wait that's it there's no more <laughs>
1: The whole thing could probably be boiled down to like an hour and ten minutes of awesome fight scenes and not lose anything. But and Nick Frost, you got to get all Nick Frost in there because he's amazing.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we haven't depressed people too much. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't make too many people angry. Um, but um, no, I mean, I thought this was good. I thought this was worthwhile as talking about. I'm glad we had the opportunity to do that. Um, man, we still got, we've got two more topics. We, we've got the next two weeks planned out, man. When are you headed (laughs) to, uh, when are you headed to, um, doctrine and devotion?
1: Uh, that's on the 20th and
0: 21st. Okay. All right. So, and yeah, people can expect, uh, something, uh, unique coming from us from there. Hopefully, uh, we're, we're going to try to work out some details with that, but, um, hopefully we'll, we'll get some stuff going with that. But, um, yeah this was this was good man i'm uh, glad we were able to to nail that down and I think um you know one of the things that I've been learning over you know the past several weeks is just sitting down and having reasonable conversations with people even if they disagree with you you know um, I mean you know I talk about my grandfather and uh, I have several friends who you know disagree with me on the gun issue and I, I'm okay with that. Like that's not gospel critical for me. Um but being able to just sit down and have these conversations, I think is important. I think it allows us to um, if anything, refine and hopefully explain our views better, you know, and, and I know that's a lot of some of the things that I've been doing is having a conversation with someone and you know, them asking me questions about the things that you know i believe in regard to gun control and and you know it's it's the same stuff i do with my faith you know i go back to the bible constantly when people ask me questions that i don't know the answer to you know i can't i can't rattle off statistics in my head about you know gun control and all that but when people ask me those questions i make sure that i go and look them up and it's like well you know get together with them and you know i think it is possible to have intelligent, reasonable conversations with people, um, I think it's much more difficult to do on Facebook. And um, I I would almost like to see those conversations go away and people having more one-on-one conversations with others. Final thoughts, Zach? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I I don't think there's anything to add other than May 2nd, Cobra Kai is going to be released on YouTube
0: Red. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> stay, stay tuned for these go to eleven commentary.
1: Oh, dude, we should binge it while doing commentary on it.
0: Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I would totally just rearrange all the recording equipment and set it up to do that.
1: It, I'm just saying that, like during the last third of the podcast day, it sounded like you were rearranging the the recording equipment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta fix the uh, chair in here. It's a little wiggly and squeaky. <laughs> 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 oh, man, dude! Good stuff we're going to go ahead and sign off now, Zach. We just rocked the casba. These come
1: to eleven.